of the Knicks Film School Podcast. We are uh, coming at you at uh, almost 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. The Knicks just uh, lost. Um, I've been, I go back and forth this year as to whether I introduce games as heartbreakers. Uh, so let me introduce my guest and see what he says. Zach Deluzio, the one and only. Um, you are amazing. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. First game. For, first question: Was this game a heartbreaker, or does nothing fucking matter? As uh, no, yeah, I'm. I, you know, nothing, nothing <laughs> I, matters. I, I okay. knew it was gonna. Yeah, I knew they were gonna lose. I didn't. There was not really any point where I felt like they were gonna win the game. Um, I when they went up by three in the fourth quarter, you didn't think that there was a chance. Honestly, no. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't. Okay. I, <laughs> I, pay, I mean, it was good. Like, don't get me wrong. I was still watching it for and like actually paying attention for once because it wasn't blowout. Yeah. Uh, but no, I I didn't think they were gonna do anything. Um, and that's and that's fair. And I, I don't think that's um, for a normal Knicks fan who doesn't um, who isn't over, overly optimistic like I am. I think that's <laughs> probably the reason reasonable impression. Um, so just for anybody who didn't see this game which I imagine there may be a few of you out there. Um, they came out much like they've come out the last few games, played no defense, um, really were not doing much of anything on offense either. I think they went down by uh, 8 nothing right away. Yeah, and, it felt like another one of those down by 20 points in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. It felt like it was headed there. Fizz called a, a timeout. They didn't even sit down on the bench. He just reamed out his five starters right there on the court. You know, and to their credit, for the for the rest of the game, the Knicks played the Clippers um, about even, and they they had some really a nice stretch uh, there in the second quarter. Had yeah. obviously a nice stretch in the fourth quarter where they uh, actually took a brief lead before um, there was some shot making down the stretch from the Clippers, which we'll we'll get to because um, the culprit of of some of those open ish threes is the same guy who, if you had to look at it objectively and ask who was the best player on the Knicks today, um, Zach, I'm going to let you say his name. I mean, was was there anybody <laughs> else who we could say here? Uh, I, I I don't think so, honestly. Um, maybe maybe DeAndre. DeAndre, DeAndre was, was good. good. In, in fairness, DeAndre, 34 minutes, 7 to 10 from the floor. He uh, finished with 20 and 13. My God. Um, and I know it was a quiet twenty and thirteen somehow. And not to mention, I'm just looking. He did have four dimes, two steals, two blocks. Great game for Jordan. Um, yeah. But we're gonna start by talking about Moutier. Um Did you? Could you? If someone told you before the season started that arguably more ink has been spilt and were you know and and vocal cords have been stretched on this frig. I, I was gonna curse again. I'm trying to hold off on this frigging guy. <laughs> I mean, what would you have said to that? Because it's just like, it's kind of maddening that we're still talking about him and there's eight games left in the year. Yeah, man. It's just like, he represents a lot of, uh, he's like the intersection of a lot of issues people have uh, with the Knicks as a whole. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, it's like, okay, so it's him uh, before, in the beginning of the year, it's him over Frank. And I think, look, man, I love Frank. I'm a huge Frank guy. 
but at this point, can't we say that it was right to play him over Frank at, in the beginning of the year? Like, is that wrong? I don't, I don't know. But and, and then it's I like, oh, they're either. giving him tons of minutes. Yeah, I get it. It's really frustrating. But you know, I, I think he's doing well. I think people's I, well. So today was, uh, I would say, for forty. Uh, how many minutes are in a basketball game? 48. For 43 minutes, I think you could argue that this was his best game of the season because he had... I'm, I'm not going to say... I, I was about to say he had moments on defense. He didn't have moments on defense. He had moments on defense where he didn't completely suck. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. him, though, that counts <laughs> Those are as, moments. Yeah, those are moments. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, where he like would fight harder around screens than maybe we're used to seeing... And then he would close out on shooters maybe more, again, than we're used to seeing. But then the last five minutes um, had a terrible turnover. Uh, twice he didn't get up on uh, – once. Uh, who were the two shooters, I think, that shot threes over him? Once was a – was it was a Shamit. It was – I'm blanking. It might have been – Lou Williams definitely hit Lou Williams one was him. one, and then there was another instance. I want to say Beverly was the other one. Um, and that's the shit that people see. And they're like, if he does this stuff still now as a fourth-year player, um, you know, and I thought it was interesting. I just listened to uh, Fisdale's postgame, and somebody asked him about what he said about Moutier way back during his intro press conference, though we're going to get you right. And he's like, so he, they were basically like, so what do you think? And, and Fisdale was like, I think he's gotten a lot better, and I think he's gotten better in, in every area of the game. And but I, here's what I thought was interesting. He ticked off like four or five different things, like shooting, conditioning, and like a couple other things. He didn't mm-hmm. mention defense. Yeah. <laughs> so see, he he knows. He's not, he's, he's not a stupid man. Um, yeah. No. So I I don't know. We could have an hour long discussion about whether it was right to put him in the starting lineup ahead of Frank um, in the beginning of the season. I mean, he had some moments. It also um, it precipitated what would become easily the Knicks' worst defensive month of the season. Because if you look yeah. at their their defense over the course of the year, it was really that, like, end of November to beginning of January, like, right at the end of December. Basically, it was a month um, or five or six weeks where they're de- they were giving up basically 120-something points yeah, every night. Yeah, the worst. Yeah, and that came after he switched up the starting lineup and, and Moutier was a part of it. So, um. Yeah, it's a lot of things. It's just it's just kind of frustrating to me because I you know, he had listen to the stat line he had. He had 26 points on an efficient shooting night, the 10 to 19 shooting. Only got to the line four times to the ball. That's efficiency. He's got six rebounds, seven assists. I, he had three turnovers and a couple of them were like really bad turnovers as usual. Yes, but toward, like, towards the end of the I'm, game. I'm right. sorry, like I can't you know, he has bad games. This is not the game to go after him. You know what I mean? Like, But there he, will people that will – there will be people who will go after him after this game yeah, because he yeah. elicits that kind of strong feeling. And I get it. Yeah, I, I get it in a way. I also don't understand why we would be mad about someone doing well. Like, okay, even if he's not here, the whole point was to – to kind of recoup these guys' value and you're, you're increasing the way you're seen around the league in a positive way. Uh, I would imagine. I mean, I don't know that, but I would think so. You're taking all these guys who are garbage throwaways and turning them into uh, at least they're producing something. Has Moutier ever had a, like games like this? He's had multiple games like this this year. I don't think he's really done this in any previous season. No. Um, I mean, I think he had what you would quantify, like 
qualify as moments during his rookie year. And then he, for two straight years, he was essentially the worst player in the league. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and this year he has been, I, I, I think I probably would generously say he has been an, a league average backup. Um, yeah, point guard. I think that's fair. You know, um, so, and, and it's, you know, it's funny that this happens. Is he had a good game in the same game that Frank Milikina plays seven minutes and then doesn't return um, due to a, a sore groin. Fizz was also asked about that post game. Uh, I think actually it was, I don't know if it was Ian uh, Begley or someone else who basically was like, is this the last we're going to see of Frank this year? And Fizz was like, we're going to be cautious. Uh, he didn't, yeah. he, I, I shouldn't. He didn't. It, it, it didn't come off in the way that I just made it sound. But he <laughs> he did use the words that they will be cautious, but we'll see. Which uh, they should, you know. Yeah, no, which they should, and and it's going to be interesting this this off season. And I, the only thing that like I think it's important to realize is like if they get Moutier back on like a one year deal, they're not going to be paying him more than than Frank is making next year. Um, so I don't. Like a lot of people have used the well, you have Frank under contract for for longer, and that's why you should, you know, that's not the reason you should prioritize Frank. You prioritize Frank because of the like an organizational ethos to believe in the types of things that Frank brings to the table. But then it gets back to if he can't hit a shot, then what you know? Yeah, and let's be real, Frank. I don't know. Maybe he got injured in the middle of the game. I I don't know, but he was bad today he wasn't good we have to be honest like as i said before i'm a huge frank fan i do not want them to trade him i understand why people are so mad that moody is getting so much more minutes than him but when he plays like this today i mean what what are you supposed to do he had one rebound two turnovers took one shot and had a foul and that's it yeah no and no points it's like yeah part of me wants to sit here and say well though he had a couple possessions on defense where his positioning you know he had some nice positioning where he mm-hmm. chased a couple guys around screens, but then I'm hearing myself say that, and I'm like, if I heard any other asshole try to compliment a guy who played seven minutes, had zero points, and two turnovers on his positioning on defense, I would call bullshit on that person. Right, and that's the tough thing, right? Because we do, I, I, try, I think to myself the same thing all the time, like, how do I balance this? I know I can get to be a homer, so you got to try to think of it just like that, and and frankly, that is kind of making excuses, no pun intended. Uh, I mean, uh, again, he played really well in Denver, so it's not yeah. like, you know, it happens, but we have to be honest when it does happen. Yeah, Um I, I, and now it just sucks he's out for, he's probably we'll, out for we'll the see. year, it sucks. We'll see. I think, um, depending on how your viewpoint is, if you are some, I I would actually argue that if he doesn't play another game this year, I, there's a part of me thinks that it increases the likelihood that they would keep him because uh, they no one would give up anything more than like a second round pick at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way that he wouldn't be back in that situation would basically be like if they if they did get the two max guys that they want um, and they basically salary dumped him to try to bring in like a better player who's more ready to contribute now in that salary slot. Which, yeah, which would be – that would suck. I would not really be too happy. I mean, I guess it depends how things go, right? But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, mean, I just – I want to keep him around. I really do have faith in the long-term vision – uh, of him as a player, uh, and uh, whether that's dumb or not, we'll see. But I, I think it was pretty obvious that it would take a couple of years. So you got to give him that time, you know. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I just um, yeah, I'm keeping hope alive. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see. Who else should we talk about before we go? Uh, Kevin Knox also injured his ankle, although according to Fisdale, that it's not nearly as bad as it was earlier this season. They're officially listing him at day to day. Um, here's something I want to throw at you because you've you've paid pretty close attention to Knox this year. He was two of four from three tonight. Um, obviously, the stats aren't updated in terms of like his whole year yet, but I'm fairly yeah. certain that's going to put him like just a just at or just above 35 percent from deep on the year. If someone basically told you before the season, Knox is going to be largely a train wreck, but he's going to hit 35 percent of of his threes on significant volume. Yes, and he's going to be. That's the key. Yeah, and he's going, but also, and he's going to be able to show the ability to move with the ball pretty well. Obviously, issues finishing, decision making, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But if someone just told you that stuff, how would you have felt like going into the year? I'd probably be okay with it. I mean, it, it it's so interesting with him because he's he goes on these like these stretches where he's just so unbelievably bad, <laughs> like, like so <laughs> unbelievably bad. And then there's other stretches where it's not even necessarily tied to a shooting, although it definitely is to a degree. There were some times where you're like, okay, I, I see it. Even though he's missing these shots, like today was one of those games. That's I was pissed off. He fouled or got hurt because he was having a nice game. Like he, he was getting to the rim in nice spots. He wasn't really forcing it. Like he tends to do sometimes. Uh, he was kind of using his dribble a little more intelligently because his handles bad, obviously, but he's been using like the pacing of his dribbles, his timing of the dribbles to, to kind of get around that a little bit. And we saw a bit of that today. He was getting to the rim a little better. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's all at the window. He was having himself a pretty decent game and it, it sucks because he's been doing that for like a couple weeks now. It seems like, and then you look back at how terrible he was uh, two weeks before that for those two weeks, and it's like, who is this guy? I, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't – I think he's kind of found himself again. I think he's kind of playing within himself again, which is cool. Um, here's what has me encouraged. If you look throughout NBA history and you look at only guys who have taken over 300 three-point attempts, hit – 35% or, or higher from three um, and have scored as many points as Knox, it looks like, is going to end up with. First of all, it's not a long list. It's only it's only about 20 guys. And the only the only big dudes on that list are Laurie Markkinen and, and Kyle Kuzma, hmm. which it, it's, you know, and there's obviously some of the names you'd expect to find, like guys like Curry and Lillard and, and some old school guys like Sotomayor and, and Scott. And then there's some, you know, there's some other uh, interesting names on there, like Marcus Thornton. And, um, oh, oh, my God, that's and, a throwback. And O.J. O. Mayo. Um, O.J. Mayo. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> it's not like being a decent volume three-point shooter and being a decent scorer in your rookie year is, like, going to guarantee you everything, but... I still think a guy that size that could kind of move with the ball, I, I'm encouraged. I feel if his, if this was like the last of we saw of him for the season, I would I think I'd be okay with what we yeah from exactly us. and and yeah. Let me be clear that I'm still in favor. It seems like a lot of people are turning on him really quickly. I mean, I guess it's been a whole year, so it's not as quick as it could be. But it's like you know, there's a lot of people who are very down on him, and I don't really get. I'm I'm not there at all. 
It's just, you know, there's a lot of intrigue. He's kind of a weird player in a lot of ways in that the best comparison to yeah. what's happened this year is probably Brandon Ingram, his rookie year, That's in that he was like a high-volume uh, guy who was came in really young and wasn't strong, and it was clearly hindering him. But Knox is also a better shooter than Ingram by a pretty substantial amount already. Uh, yeah. To me, well, so, Ingram came know. in and he was a twenty nine percent shooter his rookie right. year, and his defense his rookie year was probably as bad as Knox's has been this year. Um, obviously, Ingram does some other things. He's kind of able to almost be like a pseudo point guard. Yes, um, is that his best role? Is a different question, but anyway, I, I totally understand the comparison. I don't think it's a bad one. Yeah, that's just more so from a scoring standpoint. Obviously, yeah, they're different players, um, but. That you know, you look at Ingram now, and he, I mean, they've had a weird year, so it's kind of gone a little overlooked. But he's gotten a lot better, yeah. and uh, he's kind of where people thought he could be. I was very high on him in the draft myself. Uh, so you know, it takes time with these guys. But the you know, Knox has a better better frame than Ingram, so I suspect, you know, or I hope I shouldn't say that. I, I hope that a year of off-season training will be enough for us to kind of get a better handle on on what he could be and what he actually is right now. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, like barring an injury or anything like that, I think we're going to know within like the first 10 to 15 games of next season, like we're going to know what type of player Knox is going to be in this league. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. And the worry with him is obviously defense, but – uh, you know, it's tough in these rookie years. He is playing a lot of minutes, or he was, not so much anymore. But, you know, it's been a weird year for him. It's hard to yeah. kind of get a hold of anything. Um, Yeah, and just before we go, I do want to mention Damian Dotson. Yeoman's work today, 44 minutes. Obviously, they were uh, hamstrung with injuries and stuff. Uh, weird stat line, 7 for 16 from the field, 18 points, more points than field goal attempts, which is, like, generally good. And yet... Only one of eight from three, so it was like very weird. Yeah, he did have a really weird game because he he had the in between stuff going, and yeah, he, had, it was he was getting to the rim, doing a nice job, but he, just could not get the threes. Did he airball two threes? He, I thought I, he was really off. But I'm happy you said the thing about the rim. There was that stretch in the first half where um, he was getting to the rim at will, and it was really really exciting because we haven't seen enough of that from Dawson. Yeah, it's weird because uh, typically the clip. I still feel like he doesn't really Dotson that is doesn't really have that much off the dribble and teams have mostly scouted that out so he doesn't really have the ability to get to the rim, uh, you know something to work on not that big of a deal but for some reason he was just able to get there it helps that he was playing uh, with some guys who were doing a nice job rolling to the rim today and yeah. getting those lanes so the the help wasn't coming but the, the fact that he was able to get there. It was good. It was nice. It was nice to see. And, I don't think the Clippers were well prepared, but and the okay. other the other side of that coin is when if theoretically they do become a much more talented team next year, um, he I think his ability to cut is going to benefit a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, him just being able to like, you know, and hopefully maybe a better passer or two also on the team. I think he'll yeah. Easy it's a he did a nice job with that today, and yeah. what what's encouraging is that it seems like. You can see, you know, people always say with Nikola Jokic, right? Like, oh, they cut harder when Jokic has the ball because they know the ball's coming. And it's like this thing that people throw around and it kind of becomes a cliche, but it really is true. And what I mean by that is DeAndre Jordan might be the best passer on the team. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> um, so when DJ gets the ball in like that, the, the uh, 
you know, at the free throw line extended or in the low post and they're kind of cutting around them. You see guys cut a little harder uh, and it's opening those cuts up. Whereas in the past, you know, they're just kind of meandering around. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to see. So you kind of see stuff like today with Dotson where he's he's cutting harder and you can see, OK, maybe they're not as bad as I thought. I mean, they're still a terrible cutting team, I think. But, um, you know, it's a it's a start. We, it'd be nice to get some better passers on this team. Wait a minute. Are you? Are you suggesting that Inez Cantor wasn't good at hitting? <laughs> <laughs> he was good at hitting Mario Hazonia, and that's it. It was bizarre. Yeah, no. <laughs> I saw. I saw someone had a tweet. Uh, I don't even know if they were like a Blazers person or not. Uh, with some video of Cantor, uh, shockingly struggling on the the pick and roll uh, coverage of, of the pick and roll, and yep. something along the lines of like they're still trying to figure out how to work Cantor into pick and roll coverage. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was telling myself uh, four months ago. <laughs> so yeah, I, no, I think this happens with every team, right? Keep, keep <laughs> it's trying a, to it's the same cycle. <laughs> yeah, keep trying to figure it out, guys. You'll yeah. get there. Good luck. Um, Good luck. All right, man. Listen, um, I hope I I get you on here for one more of these before the end of the season. Yeah, I think we should be able to pull it off. One, one more, right? I mean, you get something against like the Bulls or something. Let's get a bad team, so maybe we could get a an actual W for once well, to talk about. Listen, uh, I'll I'll close with this. Alex Wolf came on this this podcast. I I want to say it was two two weeks ago today. Shouts and- to Alex. And yeah, and he predicted. He, I asked him as the last last question. I was like, "How many more games are they winning this year?" And he said two. And he called it. He said they're gonna win the Laker game, and they will get one more win against like uh, some overtly tanking team before the end of the season. And so far, yep. he's looking, you know, pretty wise with that. That may, it may uh, have even been three weeks ago. I don't know. Jeez, with that, that would be fifteen wins. Oh my god! I kind of don't like, want to set just the record. It's settling in my head. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Oh man, and, and I have that thanks to thanks to Mr. Bondi for re- retweeting um, my uh, preseason prediction of I think they're gonna win thirty games. Yeah, that was. Oh my god, he retweeted that. He went back he, and and went and found your tweet and either then that it. or he replied. It was this was like a couple months ago. Um, yeah, but uh, no. Shouts to Stefan. He's he's doing his thing. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on <laughs> Stefan today. Um, anyway, so I appreciate the uh, the 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 way you got out of that one. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> bob on you. I, I, I would bo- go there. I bob and weave with the best of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, Zach. You, you got anything you want to plug or promote before we go? No, nah, man. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I love it. Sorry, I'm I'm burnt out. I don't want to write shit about this team anymore. Listen, it's all, we'll wait till next year. Much much like some members of this team, I think you have a foot and a half in Cancun already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Good job by you. Hey. Uh, uh, anyway, all right. Thank you so much for coming on, and, and thanks for, for everything this season. John, really. thank you. Same no, to you, man. It's been, we'll, we'll do one more of these, so. Yes. I'm not going to say my goodbyes yet. Um, right. And everybody out there, uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the pod. And we will be with you, um, yeah, with some more some more episodes this week. But uh, enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.